0: Coming to you from Keiko Studios, it's The Balcony Show! With Ann Thatcher, Bo Summer, Mike Roy, Donna Gallucci, and me, the Mad Cat. We have searched the globe for the best in indie music, so you don't have to. So here we go, The Balcony Show! Our friends in far away places,
1: set with love and good vibes. Just keep an eye out for just what's coming.
2: Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Balcony Show. Hi, guys. Hello. Hello. (laughs) Hello. Uh So um, he gave us an update on the Flamingo. Mm -hmm. We are the Flamingo has we are Flamingo down and Flamingo out.
0: (laughs) Yep. Yep. (laughs) Flamingo decided to, well, it, like, it happened, it's, oddly enough, at the same time, from what I get, from what I understand, uh, the flamingo at the pond decided to just fly off, probably start making his trek back south. And the other flamingo that was in the rehab center uh, died in transport. So
2: Aww, that's know. a shame. So next... The blue-chinned deer.
0: Yeah, the blue-chinned deer. That that radioactive thing is probably dead, too, now. I'm sure that'll have no adverse effect on the local wildlife down there. But first. But first. (laughs) Everywhere I go, but first. That's what I'm saying.
2: And these are especially for Larry. Oh, Oh, on today's show. Dedicated to Larry. Useless
0: useless facts about lobsters. (laughs) We'll try to buzz right through these real fast. Uh, Useless fact number one. They eat each other. Oh, good Lord. All right, move on. Yeah, they're they're looking for fresh food and what's around. And if it happens to be another lobster, well, then it's dinner. (laughs) Interesting. You know, I mean, if you got to, you know, I mean, if we're stuck out in the Alps somewhere, sorry, ladies, somebody's going down. Mad cats gotta eat. All right. (laughs) Useless fact number two. They chew with their stomachs.
3: Oh, Did you know that?
2: No. Well, that's
0: interesting. What's did the, not know that. What's all that ugly stuff that moves around on their face
2: then? Oh, you're about to find out. Oh, um, am
0: I? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Next the grinding structure for breaking up food called the gastric mill. Nice. Uh kind of like a set of teeth on their stomachs. I could probably use a set of teeth on the inside of my stomach.
2: I would like to take one apart to
4: see it.
0: Yeah,
3: oh,
4: come over when my husband is eating a lobster. There you go. He dissects it, he eats the green stuff. All uh, right, you know what that is. I yeah. don't I like it's whatever spotting, no. stomach stuff, and oh, god,
0: all right. So, uh, useless fact number uh, lobster, three. Uh, lobster vomit, yeah. <laughs> Their, their <laughs> shells were once used to make golf balls. I did not know that.
4: Wow. Did shells not know. Shells left that.
0: over after lobster processing are usually tossed into landfills. So in an effort to make them worth something and keep the money in the in the lobster industry, a university main professor created golf balls with a core made out of lobster shells. Mm. Hmm. They are also biodegradable. That's great. <laughs> All right, so uh, useless fact number four. Larry, I hope you're enjoying these. Um, <laughs> lobsters pee out of their faces, and there we have it, <laughs> ladies and <We> gentlemen. <laughs> enjoy that one. <laughs> you might look a little differently at the next lobster you see when you learn how they excrete their waste. Good thing we don't eat their faces, right? Oh, my goodness. A lobster pees from openings. Or nephrophores, whatever that is.
2: Nephrophores. Yeah,
0: that. Located <laughs> at the base of its second antennae.
2: So I answered that question,
0: did Disgusting. I? Do you guys eat lobster? No. I What's that? Yeah, me neither. Yeah, I don't
4: eat de- any lobster, seafood. Me too. So. I'm not a seafood fan. I love lobster. Fan. Me neither. Lobster,
0: shrimp. Mm-hmm. Give me pasta
2: and meatballs. Yes.
0: yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah with lobster and some shrimp Mm -hmm.
2: lobster and butter with a nice juicy steak that's what i'm
0: saying so that's going to bring us right into useless fact number five lobster relationships last about two weeks which is usually as long. i must be a lobster (laughs) (laughs) where's where's phoebe at he is their lobster you know another an episode of Friends? Yeah, I do. Alright, a female yeah. lobster visits visits the most dominant male in the neighborhood and entices him into mating by Jesus. By peeing in his shelter.
5: <laughs> Again with peeing. What's
0: the matter with the women of this world? You know? <laughs> You just Could gotta, you
2: imagine if that was a human trap? You know
0: what I mean? Ah. Right. She just walks up and just pisses on your floor. Or, or, or the know, new was,
2: thing. Go over to somebody's house and pee in their living room and go, or or their bedroom and go, I identify as a lobster. Oh, are you here ready we for, go.
0: Are you ready for some coitus then? That's great. That's awesome. Yep. Ah. Yep. After several visits, the male gets the message and lobster love ensues. Well, ladies and gentlemen... That is our useless facts of wait, lobsters. What? You,
2: you got to finish it because. Oh,
0: I got to finish it? I mean, that's, why do I hear that all the time? I got to finish. All right. So um, <laughs> peeing, oh, shelter, lobster love ensues. Ah, here we go. Uh, first, the female has to disrobe or molt. Uh, after the deed is done, she hangs around until her shell has regrown then takes off. The whole rendezvous takes between ten days and two weeks. You know what I mean? Like, see, that's the thing. Come over, piss on my floor. You get a little something, and then you got to stick around. No, 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 no. Make, make a sandwich. So, so much get for, out.
2: so much for. Make a sandwich, get out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Love with the mad cat. Make a sandwich and get out.
0: That's what I'm saying. Peace. You peed on my floor for crying out loud
2: i identify as a lobster man
0: (laughs) gross
2: anyways uh we are going to get things started with this crazy show tonight i can't wait for you to uh hear larry larry's interview he is a man of many talents so first we're going to start with the song smiling in the islands by mac meadows and take a listen and we'll be right back with the rest of the show
6: I'm glad you're not here I've had all the heartbreak That I'm gonna take The only thing breaking now, those big old ocean waves I'm smiling In the islands I do my best to suffer Dipping lobster in hot butter I'm trying To start crying But baby, please forgive me The tears, they just stayed in me I guess I'll have to spend it to my life This time a...
0: to the balcony show and right now we have the first song from tonight's interview with larry devoskin the the song is called life is strange and when you're here on the balcony show ladies and gentlemen (laughs) it really is freaking strange lobsters that pee in your house things going on shells coming off i don't know well give it a listen and when you come back we're gonna have larry on the line here we go
1: The Gucci Pucci Yan. I- existentialist books in his hotel of doubt and Spartacus, arcticus <laughs> just laughed at this whole world as he checked out i feel
2: everybody, welcome back to The Balcony Show and we are very excited because we have the one and the only Larry DeVoskin. He is a number one best-selling songwriting author on Amazon Books, a Grammy-nominated songwriter-producer. He is the founder of Miracle Music, Inc. Um, He has been described as a turbocharged influencer because of his connections to top-tiered individuals in the music, film, and television culture. And he has worked with... Just to name a few, a variety of artists, David Bowie, MGMT, Sammy Hager, uh Sean Lennon, Bad Company, and I'm tired. Oh <laughs> I'm exhausted. <laughs> just hearing that. I need an I I'm I i would be like, I need a nap, Larry.
5: Yeah. Yes, <laughs> I need a nap too, just hearing you mention all that. Like, gosh, I my just my hair got gray and a beard grew and I, I look like the cowardly lion and the wizard of Oz I need a nap or something. No, but thank you so much. It's you know, when you're doing what you love, the idea of retirement doesn't make sense because you're already doing what you'd love that you would do if you retired. So why stop doing it is what I say. Hmm.
2: And and I gotta I gotta say I'm really excited because you're here to talk about a collaboration with Al Jardine. Um, yes. Y- you co-produced this and co-wrote this song with him. How fun is that? You've been friends with Al for a long time, correct? Yeah,
5: that is correct. We we recorded things over the years at his studio and mine and this and that. You know, We were in my apartment in New York after a Beach Boys concert, and the neighbors, literally a block away across the courtyard, were shouting, shut the music off, I'm trying to sleep. And you know... The Beach Boys all live in these huge ranches and houses because they're rock stars. And they were like, what's that? I'm like, the city that never sleeps? We found the one person at 3 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> <3.
3: laughs>
5: and they don't know that members of the Beach Boys are like in my living room singing with the windows open because it's so That's hot crazy. in the middle of July. And, and for years, Jardine was like, did you find that person? We'll send a limit. Like he felt guilty, like Aww. that we were just, you know, because they're, they're used to people standing in line for hours and paying lots of money and you know it's just that the people didn't realize it wasn't like a, a tape or a record playing. They and didn't realize that,
2: How did know. that friendship form initially? How did you how did you uh, get to know Al and how did your friendship form over the years? Yeah. Um
5: there well there are two royalty collection companies, ASCAP BMI, actually CSAC is the third. And what they are is accountants. They just figure out how many streams you've had. They have computerized systems for, for live performance of, of things online, on radio and movies. The, one of the heads of writer relations, Mark Freed, who went on to form a very successful company, Spirit Music Group, introduced me. I went to Al's Big Sur Ranch and I was just, as the English would say, gobsmacked, like, he lives in the middle of a state park. So there are mountains on one side with redwoods and ocean on the other. And, and he's always been like, like if, if Brian Wilson is Batman, he's always been Robin. So he's an accompanist and he just had some ideas and inspired me to, to step in and take the lead. And, I'm the least likely person to write a Beach Boy song. I'm I'm from the East Coast. I don't surf. I'm Jewish and I'm gay. Like like how many things can you line up in one sentence that are like the opposite of America's band? You know, like you know, it appeals to everybody. And we released a version of it and I came on the balcony show, I think, in two thousand twenty-one when we did a charity uh, version of the song for the world central kitchen that, right. that was feeding the nurses and the doctors during the pandemic, it was still going strong at that time. The, the amount of, of disruption and this new version is in preparation for uh, what people are doing now, which they call like Dolby Atmos where you, it's like when you go to the movies and you're in a new theater and you hear like the, the car going from the back of your head to the front of the screen or things going from side to side. You hear it all around your head like you hear nor- natural sounds. And so we're doing a mix of it. This is the preview. You know, Al has given 60 years of his life to make wow. people forget their problems and have a good time by by singing joyful, fun music. And, you know, it, it, it's time for him to get a little pat on the shoulder. And, and I haven't been working that long maybe 40 but you know it's what I love about music is that it's timeless you know that here's this song from decades ago and it's just as fresh and contemporary for people now
2: well not only that but his voice and the original didn't you some of the backup vocals are like the original uh, some you use some of the original backup vocals for this yeah I mean
5: yeah they're all original and, and Carl Wilson who Sadly passed away in the late 1990s, who's the singer for Good Vibrations. God only knows he's singing in the background along with Matt Jardine, Al Son. Wow. And we're, we're, we're putting it out on this. There's a, a, a digital kind of blockchain radio station called Peer Tracks, you know, as in a jury of your peers, Peer Tracks. And it, it's basically just an enhanced version. So you really feel like you're at the ocean and you hear like the the birds above your head or you almost feel like the ocean coming in by your feet, as opposed to it's just being right and left stereo. All
2: right. Well, let us take a break right here. And um, we're going to continue talking with you, Larry, but I think it's a good time for our listeners to hear this song. Waves of Love (laughs) 3.0 by Al Jardine and um, Larry DeBoskin. So take a listen and we'll be right back with Larry on the line.
0: folks you're listening to the balcony show we have larry devoskin on the line uh talking about music and a myriad of other things so let's just kick this right back over to you ann
2: so larry
5: (laughs) i've been called worse
2: (laughs) (laughs) how do you feel that ai is impacting songwriting in general both negatively and positively? Where do you see that going?
5: You know, everyone has an opinion on this. And I'm more of an optimist than a pessimist. So I'll give you an example. In you know, I played in bands as a kid. In the mid 80s, suddenly there were drum machines. You know, suddenly everybody was using this Lynn R8 drum machine for rock and roll and had this huge like snare drum that sounded like every Phil Collins song And then hip hoppers were using this Roland 808, and everyone thought, well, drummers are over. Like, we just have a machine. We don't have to use a drummer anymore. You know, and then the, you know, and then Nirvana came along and just with Dave Grohl, and it just kicked out in the teeth. And we've had drummers ever since. And we still have drum machines. We have lots of things like Ableton and other things that help people create music. So it's not an either or, it's a both and. And with AI, I think there are some positive things that can be helped. You know, I certainly have seen AI art that blows my mind where people are taking a photograph and, and adding in other elements. And it's like you're in some other dimension that is heavenly or, or hellish or whatever is your your fancy. But I think well, with Man music, you know, that. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think that, you know, with music, people are going to still want to know who Taylor Swift is dating. And people are still going to want to rush to buy a Beyonce ticket or an Ed Sheeran ticket or go to the Sphere in Las Vegas and see you too, And that's something AI can't do. You know, AI could create a sound, but music is more than a sound. It's also a feeling. And you need humans to create that feeling. You, you can use a drum machine. I have a synthesizer that can do a string quartet. Beautifully, and it sounds like, but it, you don't. It doesn't feel like when I put a microphone in front of a cello and uh, viola, you know, a violin, etc. It, it's a different texture, a different feeling. So I like what what Grimes said. She said, if, if people want to sample my voice and create an nice AI song, give me part of the royalties. It's no different than. Then Puff Daddy taking every breath you take and rapping over the top of it or the Sugar Hill Gang rapping over Rapper's Delight, which was Good Times by Noah Rogers. I just think it's an evolution. I don't I, I mean, I'm more worried about its use in, in politics and in the military and things like that that can have real consequences yes, of, right. a thousand of, percent. of life or death mm-hmm. for people. But, you know, if you want to create a fake Beatles song like, you know good luck with that you know i think that both ai as well as song royalties which are have been decimated by streaming because the record companies came in and took equity and spotify and some of these streamers so they're making money because they have a valuation of a company whereas the songwriters and publishers you know get like far less you know if you if you sold a million albums or a millions you know iTunes ninety nine or dollar ninety nine singles, you'd have some real money in the bank, but a million streams is like, you know, go to lunch at Starbucks and but get you're, an egg money.
2: You're changing that with the NFT and the Oasis
5: and Well, what we're doing is we're creating like, you know, the start of the twentieth century was an industrial revolution and that led in somewhere between the uh, a sort of uh, societal revolution in america with civil rights and women's rights and all kinds of things and that led to a kind of data revolution where people were gathering data and, and feeding you ads and that led to a kind of creator economy where people were crowdsourcing their albums or crowdsourcing a a project they wanted to get off the ground and we're we're moving into a community based economy and i'm seeing that with what we call web three, which is a global term for all these developments that people are finding community in, you know, I mean, there are, there are grandmothers who are having our TikTok stars cooking Italian food. It's not just teens jumping around with a silly, you know, wolf head on or something. Right. So there there's, people are finding this direct relationship with community. What I'm doing is I'm working with a company, um, we it's part of the nft oasis is called provenance as in proven once and what the blockchain does for people who it still sounds like a weird whatever is it's really just a ledger and the ledger just proves that if you bought like a picasso it's really a picasso it's not just somebody who's like a great forger like there it's it's on a an immutable digital record and most fortune 500 companies are using it and at provenance we're doing like Like concerts, and we're doing art walks, and we're doing conferences, and we're having like a a big art collector of digital art just came on, and and we just created a whole gallery, and people could come and talk to him or meet him, but from the comfort of their phone or their laptop at home, as opposed to being in real life, which is also obviously important post COVID. But it it just gives you a a headquarters, you know, that's global as opposed to local,
2: and I. You have something new in the works. Life is Larry. You have another book.
5: Yes. Yes. Thank you. And it's just me telling my crazy stories, like my neighbors shouting at the Beach Boys to shut the freaking music off, you know, because they're (laughs) trying to sleep in the city that never sleeps. So I get to tell those stories like, you know, and and that's what we are as a species. We're a storytelling species. And I've been lucky to be, In moments where like a cultural lightning struck, whether it's being at CBGVs in that punk movement in New York or even running around when Andy Warhol was alive and kind of seeing him everywhere or or being. And he was boring in real life? Well, yeah, I mean, at least in my (laughs) settings, you know, we would. You know, he he seemed to go out like if, if an envelope opened, he'd, he'd appear at the opening. Uh, he, just, okay. <laughs> he was such a good self-promoter. <laughs> our, our, at least now, I'm our, our, our looking back on the memory. Our, our, our excitement meters need a little more than just like me because um, I'm an influencer. Like you kind of need a little more than that.
2: Yeah. Well, I think least- we have a little more in something you-, <laughs> you mentioned on our page. This is Donna, by the way. Hi, Larry. What,
5: say, say that you, again.
2: You had mentioned on our page um, partying with Queen with naked people in cages. <laughs> We'd yeah. love to
5: hear about that. <laughs> well, yeah, and this is all part of Life is Larry. And if anyone doesn't believe what Anne said before about, like, just watching my socials go by, I'm... <laughs> For some odd reason, the only Larry Davoskin online D like David V like Victor O S like Sam K I N like New York. Follow Larry Davoskin on anything. It could be Threads, Twitter, which is X, or, or Instagram, or WhatsApp. I don't know. Okay, but um, you threw
2: that tea bag so, out there, so now you got to so spill I threw the, the tea. Bag. Bag. <laughs> so, so
5: in the eighties, so. So uh, w- my band, so you know, that I was a member of Open for Queen, there were, I have a couple of stories, but the one I mentioned was after their tour, they threw a party on a rooftop in London, and you went to this department store, which was weird, it was closed, and you got in an elevator with a, a girl who had, like, one of those 1920s, like like, little, like, tuxedos on, like a bell cap with a little cap on, and then... You know, with a crank elevator with the like the c- accordion thing that closed. And you realize she was stark naked and body painted a tuxedo, like her tits were out and everything, but it was body painted like she was fully dressed. Then you got up to this rooftop and there were these huge terrariums and it looked like gigantic, like pythons were writhing in the sand. And then you realize these were naked people just sort of slowly doing this body sculpture thing. And and it was like, what is going on here? What is that? <laughs> and, and and the whole audience was, at that time, this was the 80s, so it was when Freddie Mercury was their last tour, the Some Kind of Magic tour in the mid-80s. And, you know, they had a jam session. And, and I found myself going, it is as if you could go from the audience to step into a movie screen and be on screen with your favorite actor or actress, Freddie singing, Brian playing guitar, I think John and Whistle from The Who playing bass, or maybe it was Bill Wyman from The Rolling Stones and Charlie Watts from The Stones playing drums with John Deacon. It was So crazy. they hung
2: together at that time then. Did a lot of yeah. The, so yeah, you were, you were a part of that scene. I can just imagine. Yeah. Actually, I ran into a chef that did a lot of catering for a yeah. lot of the big bands and I told him, you know, he was. People like to talk to me, Larry. What can I tell you? But <laughs> some of the things that he was telling me, I was like, you need to write a book, dude. You need.
5: Oh, yeah. oh yeah.
2: You can't imagine uh, your perception, I think, of somebody and who they really are sometimes are just like polar opposites. You know what I mean? They're, oh, yeah. they're not anything like you would imagine them to be you know, because of the persona on stage or like, I find myself
4: not wanting to meet because I don't want the star to ruin it for me. Like I like, (laughs) like I like their character. I like their, you know, their persona or whatever. It's like, don't ruin it because I've met some celebrities and man, they suck (laughs) Like in real life. They really, like what a shame and what a bummer. Cause like, I don't want that wherever you're taking me to in my fantasy world, like, I don't want you to take it away from me. So I'd rather not meet them. Yeah.
5: You know, well, well, set and setting have a lot to do with it. Yeah. Like I, I read before I was in show this, like I, I heard stories of people like chasing the Beatles down and somebody, I think went to see Paul McCartney once in Ireland or Scotland and they went all this way and, and kind of, Trespassed on his property and he was like in the field or something. And he just looked at them and said goodbye and like left. And they were like really disappointed that they couldn't even have like a few sentences or a hello. And, and, you know, in my, and, and, and I know to give you an example, like when Paul McCartney tours, this was in the eighties and obviously after John Lennon was shot, like security was a big concern because he was murdered in in the early 81, I think, or 80. And, But Paul McCartney toured with three different security teams and the accountant for the tour told me like, there's a visible security that goes with him. Then there's a plainclothes security that are there, but you don't know who they are. And then he told me there was still a third layer that he never met, never seen, but he knew they existed because he was paying their salary. And so like, put that against i'm in the hamptons a few years ago and this is another life it's larry's story and i come out of yoga covered in sweat in a tank top and like gym shorts and paul mccartney's just sitting on a on a bench like right outside the yoga center and looks me in the eye and smiles and like projectile vomiting i i lunged at him and and (laughs) without even feeling or thinking and said you know i teach your song and songwriting like yesterday like it's an in an, an F, but you start on a G. So you go, Yesterday, instead of yesterday, it's yesterday. Two different notes and they clash. And it just looked at me like like I mean, I didn't know what's wrong with it. You know, and he was like, <laughs> sit down. And I just sat down and, and got to ask him every question that a Beatles fan would have. And we're just sitting there and, you know, it's the Hanton. So people are walking by and they're like, Oh yeah, there's Paul McCartney, like, you <laughs> yes. know, the Beethoven of the 20th century. And, and, Oh, like, uh, let's go in the store and have some food. Like, like nobody even stopped. And, and I found myself like singing at him parts, like you know, oh my like the all my troubles seem so far, the far away is an E against a D. And then I thought, stop singing at Paul McCartney. Like he's he the most famous singer, and you sucked so bad in high school they took the microphone away from you oh. and, for, after one rehearsal. They're like, just play the piano, don't sing. So, so, you know, you what happens in this weird, wacky life is you do meet stars, your heroes, and they can disappoint you. And that's really a truism. But I, I feel like that's a fear of almost anything in life. Like, like if you really go for your dreams and you fail, like, like what's better to try and fail or to not try at all? So it, it's, I've also met a lot of assholes, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, very a, true. They'll, they'll remain nameless. Um, you know, we can uh, talk offline. I'll expect, tell you all the yes. a holes
4: I know or met <laughs> yes. that were so
5: incredibly but, but, disappointing. <laughs> but to to answer your point, a lot of people on stage, like Freddie Mercury in person, toward me at least, was very shy, and they use their stage persona and their their instrument to to be the alpha, to step out and yeah. to step into the spotlight. Right. And I find that's true with a lot of performers. They yeah. they. They become this other person on stage, you know.
2: With everything that you have going on, Larry, how do you find how do you find the balance in your life? You know what I mean? Like you have all these projects, you're involved in so many things, and you just had an anniversary, congratulations with your partner. Thank you. Yes. How do you find a balance between, you know, like having time for your home life and for you. And how do you, how do you find that?
5: Well, there is obviously prescription medication. (laughs) 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 If you have the right doctor, feel good. (laughs) Uh, There's that. And then there's just, I find like, it's weird how time is. Uh, They say, if you want to get something done, give it to a busy person. And I, I try to study success and even more study failure. And some of the people that I've met who are at the top of large organizations, are the fastest to return an email. And obviously some of that's that they've delegated to assistants and, and other people like the grunt work. But I think that, you know, a lot of the the life-isms, uh, you know, I found to be true that when you're doing something you love, it's not work. So I've come home from a studio session and been more energized. I also really like have done my own personal development work and no is a complete sentence, you know, like I've, <laughs> just, I've, I've learned to stick with what I'm good at. Right. And also taking time off. I just came from being in Laguna beach, which is down here in, and you know, kind of Southern California. And it's this beautiful thing. And I just, in the midst of having 101 projects going on, I just said, you know, I have a couple of days And if I'm going to stare at my phone and stare at the computer and emails, I might as well do it at the beach where I can take time off. So I I think just take time out (laughs) of the day to have a walk in the park a walk along the beach or even just play with your pet or your kids. Like doing something is like an inhale. It gives you energy.
4: Yeah. I feel like when you surround yourself with what feeds your soul or recharges your soul, just get you going. You know, it's, it's an inspiration. And keep that
2: in your music. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, so I, I feel like artists lose that sometimes, you know what I mean? Yeah. But
5: now, now you have a song live it all. That's I was gonna just going
2: to mention that. Now I would head, love Barry.
5: to, yeah, I would love to share after it's played the inspiration because people will never guess Uh, you know, like, like songs come from weird places. And this song is about life and how you go through failure and success and you have it all and you lose it all. And you, you find like the dream and the dream goes away the next day. It's, it's all about like living this grand life that includes the whole Say
2: Before our listeners uh, do hear live it all. I want to say one thing that I found with this song was that there is an intimacy in this song. And I feel like the way that you sang it and the way that you approached it and the way that you deliver it, there is an intimacy. There's a connection with um, your audience or whom you're, you're speaking a truth or something to the people that, um, that you're putting this out to. So.
5: Yeah. Well, I, thank you. With, That's very. That is, so
2: I'm gonna I'm gonna s- stop there, and, and we're gonna let everybody hear this song, and then we'll be right back. Okay. Thank you. Take a listen, "Live It All" by Larry Davoskin, and we'll be right back.
1: I got to live. Live by my. distra-
2: We're back on The Balcony Show with Larry DeVoskin, and our listeners just heard Live It All. So what was it that you wanted to tell us, Larry?
5: I wrote this song, it started in 2014. For me personally, as a songwriter, I just love this idea of sunlight streaming through branches, because as the sun moves, the, the light and the shadow go away. So it's about that temperingness of life. And you would never know it because the song is actually about my condo board wanting to kick me out of my apartment after 14 years because <laughs> i had so many musicians coming in and out after a while they got like just sick and tired of a musician in the building and we're like we just you know can't have this anymore and and so it's really about like which is a very new york city thing like apartments in real estate are are a herculean like hunger games kind of thing that <laughs> it's like a life, it's, it's like the squid games it's a life or death thing like oh my god there's an apartment that might come up in the building like they started you know a campaign of like i'm having musicians there people are staying there and playing music late and and i really felt persecuted and unsafe in my home so rather than fight with them i just wrote a really good song that that i wrote for myself and that's why i think you feel it and what you said about that intimacy like i'm really feeling a kind of joyful pain which is is the most potent human emotion is that longing or that ache and my own version of that is just reflecting on the on the on the present really but it's just sharing the good, the bad, and the ugly. You know, I, I right. try to really maintain that it, it's more that if I can do this crazy thing where I sucked in high school so bad they took the microphone away, that that anyone listening, like, just be you and do you and, and have faith that out of nowhere comes the break that you need. And you only need one or two doors opening.
2: All right. Well, listen, I'm going to... Um say goodbye to you from this part of the show and you'll be back with Bo in Indie Radar in just a moment. So thank you thank you thank you from me Larry for spending some time with me and um, Mad Cat and Donna we we surely appreciate it.
5: I love you guys. I love the Balcony Show. And now it's time for
1: Indie Radar with Bo Summer.
5: Welcome back to the
4: balcony show. And on this Indie Radar segment this week, we've got Larry who just crossed the aisle and uh, into my segment here. Uh, thanks so much for spending some time with us and, and sharing your life stories. They're, they're fun. They're fascinating. I, I love talking industry. Um, and my expertise here on my segment is what can we do? What can the balcony show do to help the indie artists out there with, tips, industry info, news, trending, things that are happening that can maybe help um, somebody out there that maybe just deserves a chance. So I wanted to tap your brain. Um, I can talk about industry all night long and I can keep you here forever, but I want to (laughs) focus on, we're ending 2023 soon. So what do you see besides like AI? Because I want to like dumb it down to the to the kid or the band that's like just starting out and they're thinking like, okay, what is 2024 going to bring as far as the industry is concerned? Like, what are the struggles do you think are going to be for indie artists in 2024? Um, There's a lot of noise. There's a lot of competition, but at the same time, I see the positive like you, that there's a lot of indie artists that are not signed that are making money on tour. They're, you know, their Spotify streams are in the millions and yet nobody knows who they are unless you've gone to see them maybe locally at a show or, you know, whatever. But they're building audiences Um, and they're building fans, but that engagement is hard to keep. You know, they're not making too much money because there's merch cuts. There's, you know, Spotify is not paying and on and on and on. So what are your thoughts for 24? What's your advice and where do you see the industry going could help an
5: indie artist out well several things i I think it's never actually been a better time for an indie artist because you can be like like um is it you know the rich man north of richmond i i might be dyslexic if it's anthony oliver oliver anthony but Mm -hmm. a guy just singing in his backyard with his dog like suddenly like 50 million people see it because it touches a chord. Yes. So we're entering a phase, what I would call the community economy. There's real communities coming together, and there's a, there's a place for everybody. And so one of the first things, and I talked to Ann about this, is the metaverse is almost where you can have a meetup, you can be in a room. I know that. Billy Eilish, Travis Scott, a lot of big people have done, you know, these epic Fortnite kind of concerts. And instead of being in a concert for 20,000 people, they're in a concert for 10 million people worldwide. So one of the things I'm going to throw out right away is with the Balcony Show, doing an, like an indie fest with the company I'm working with, Provenance. We've been holding concerts. We've been holding art walks. We've been holding fireside chats. Businesses are coming in like like things are moving online where it's almost a mix of a concert and a video game where you can be you don't have to have those expensive goggles. You can just be on your phone or on your laptop and you're there as an avatar, but you're kind of still connecting with fellow people in the audience and connecting with the artists. And it's a it's a really unique experience and it's it's a way to make money like you talked about. It's flipped, you know, touring used to just be to promote an album because albums made the majority of money, but there's a whole new wave of financial uh, prosperity for independent music creators, because all of these companies are popping up that want to replace Spotify want to replace the major record labels. And if you're what's called a first mover, you're, you're one of, they'll put a lot of attention on you. So there's a uh, there's a company called gala music like like gala and they're they're doing like they're especially promoting independent artists and they have a huge global following they came out of a gaming company zenga that's like a billion dollar gaming company so they're literally spending money to promote independent artists that are not signed and right now these web three things, except for Ray and I are kind of in a bear market, they're down. Mm-hmm. So that's the best time to go in because you'll stand out, you know, yeah. when and, like you said, you're so, a first
4: comer or whatever the term was that you yeah, used. Yeah. That yeah. You're completely a first mover. Yeah. First and, mover. And so
5: you're, you're, you're building the future as opposed to following along. I always try to find a lane that isn't crowded. And that's, that's the thing that I would say to independent artists. And I would also say really collaborate and really, take part in if you're a singer sing on other people's records like like don't just sing your own music because you know it's you never know where that break is going to come from and it's and people are worried there's somebody going to steal my song or hear it and copy it you know Mm -hmm. and and i say it's so hard to get stuff to go viral that if you threw yourself through the plate glass window of Sony records, they wouldn't even notice. They'd be like, did you hear something? No, I didn't hear it. Right. So <laughs> right. don't worry about it. <laughs> don't worry about that. You know? like, yeah. Just Cause it's just
4: another there. noise out there that yeah. nobody's yeah, paying it's another, attention
5: to. Yep. You know, people have a, they talk about the fear of failure, but there's also a fear of success. And I've, you know, I've seen more people say, oh, well, somebody's going to steal my song or I better not put it out. And I'm like, dude, like you have to compete with the other fifty nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine people that dropped something on Spotify today. I really don't think I think if a manager, a label, uh, a person wants to work with you, they want a golden goose, not a golden egg. So That's they want to work yes. they want to work with you not steal your shit for one song <laughs> right
4: right <laughs> exactly well larry thank you i i'm sure our listeners are very grateful for your advice and your insight and i know we all are here at the balcony show so thank you for spending some time um i'm sure in the future we would love to have you back on our show on any radar and let's talk more let's talk about metaverse yes. and helping yes. indie artists and
2: first movers and i am inspired let's go Let's Let's go. go. Well, with that, I'm going to wish you good night and you have a wonderful evening. You know, don't be a stranger. And I know you've got things coming. So I know you'll be back.
5: Thank you all. Good night, Larry. Thanks, Larry. Thank you.
2: Bye-bye. I'd like to remind everybody right now that the Balcony is proudly produced at Keiko Studios right here in Pan pennsylvania so check them out for all your musical production needs and more
0: do check them out you guys will love this place it's an old church it's awesome dig it
2: and it's still standing with mad cat in it that's, that's all right. i got to say yeah. my- so which means it's pretty <laughs> the much bomb melted down
0: it. my heathen <laughs> self enjoys this
2: yeah <laughs> but uh that's it i'd like to thank larry Devoskin for spending some time with us here on the show he is just He's got so much information and I hope so much knowledge experience. It's wonderful. You know, uh, I'm sure he'll be back on the show in the future because he's just got so much to share and and insights that you're just, you know what I mean? He's a part of the business. And if you don't know who he is with that, I'm going to say good night. And thank you again to Larry for spending some time with on, on the show. We love you, Larry. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to end things tonight. Uh, with the song from Sam Sims Band, and the name of the song is Swim.
7: Place where we used to lay and hear the waves by the never sink banks. When we were lost in an angry sea, I was washed into eternity. Now, all I do is just think of you. I've tried to see you, but all I sea is blue While I'm waiting For these winds to blow To sail to my love From long ago Oh sweet song Get me off of this island I'd say it to you one more time How I love you More than anything swim to you if I could. I said hey you've been so far away hope that I can come back someday I said hey song today yeah. Oh, sweet song, get me off of this island. I'd say it to you one more time. How I love you more than anything in this world. I'd swim to you if I. Yeah, yeah.